Hello and welcome to another episode of Grange TV. We have, as usual, Eli doing all the roadie stuff and a very, very special guest all the way from Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, Marila Bustamante. Welcome and thank you very much for thank being you, on today's thank show. You, thank you, Fab, for having me here. Thank you for the invitation. It's a pleasure. Um, we would have started this earlier, but uh, I've only just met you, but you came out, just spoke to the class and... I don't know if you realize, but we ended up speaking with the class for maybe 40 minutes, 30 minutes, and it went so quick. Um, the class I'm talking about is a GAP program, the Gracie Aboriginal Pathways program. And uh, that was awesome. You just started speaking to the students and really, we all really appreciate that very much. So thank you for that. Yeah, my pleasure. I, I, I hope it helps some way. <laughs> what I did is just talk about a little bit about my life, my fight life, you know, so... Uh, I think it can be used for some way for them. Um, on that, we we were speaking in the car and we were speaking in well, to the class. And you've run similar programs. You've run a social project in Brazil, which is a similar program, somewhat to what we're doing. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, uh, I did before in Rio, uh, but it's a little bit different than you guys doing because you you you. You used to go to the very poor communities, you know, so you get inside the community, uh, sponsored by the government of my state in, in, in Brazil, in Rio de Janeiro, and we make kind of, we kind of uh, create a program, program of martial arts with my, my coaches, my students, and we try to, to teach them uh, martial arts, of course, but not only martial arts. We try to teach them uh, uh, the most you could to give them knowledge in general. Like uh, beside the martial arts, we make a kind of a read school, you know, uh, help them to study for the uh, for the school. In general, elementary elementary school and high school, and because I think that uh, martial arts martial arts has a lot to 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 helps with the discipline, you know, behavior of the kids. So the kids had the they, they born and raised in really poverty uh, background and, and, and areas. So and uh, the this kind of social program is very useful in Brazil you know to help can help can can help to make them uh, can, can change their lives some way and so your background you were telling me your your father was an engineer is that yeah, correct architect, architecture oh an architect architect yeah okay cool and uh, then you told me you were very good at mathematics uh, yeah. in with numbers yeah and you started you started an engineering degree? Yeah, I, I studied for one year and a half engineer, but then I was studying so much that I couldn't do anything of my life else, anything else of my life. So then I, I quit. <laughs> and you and then you you started an economics degree? Yeah, yeah, because I couldn't do what uh, when I was in the engineer university, I couldn't do something I liked the most in my life that was training martial arts. So, and it started to affect me. And then I quit and I choose another discipline, another uh, uh, um, study, the university, that could give me some time to do, you know, 
something that was was important for me at the time and proved that it was uh, the most important in my life that was be inside the martial arts world. So you then you graduated with a degree in economics? Yes, I did, I f- finalizing. And uh, whilst your whole life you trained jiu-jitsu and boxing and judo, but mainly jiu-jitsu? Yeah, I started training jiu-jitsu when I was around to, to 10 to 11 years old. So I was training just for fun in the beginning. I'm gonna get straight into this as well because you are a former UFC middleweight champion. Um, you're the second UFC middleweight champion. I just want to talk about a few of the fights because like, I, I was a huge fan. Um, the big one I think that I want to talk about, one of the first one I'm going to talk about is, um, there's a whole bunch of fights, but the one I want to ask you about was the fight with Tom Erickson. Yes. Um, headbutts, bare knuckles. He was maybe 140 kilos in that fight. Uh Tell, tell me, what, what did you think? What did you think when you saw him, etc.? Because you fought him to a draw too. Yeah, Am I correct? Yeah, yeah, it's true. Uh, yeah, it was... Uh, uh, at the time, I was uh, 30 years old. And I never planned to become a professional fighter. My first fight was because there was a challenge between Jiu-Jitsu and Luta Livre in Brazil. And I stepped in because I was... Uh, I think the, I was among the best black belts at the time in Brazil, you know, in, in the world at the time, because uh, everything that happens in my state was, uh, uh, was uh, you know, didn't have a, Jiu-Jitsu was in Rio de Janeiro at the time. It was uh, 91. So, and there was a challenge, and I, 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 I felt that I should be involved to defend my discipline, the discipline that I loved, that was Jiu-Jitsu, my sport, uh, was something about, wasn't something about to step in the ring to make money to get famous it was about to just to to defend the discipline you know the jiu-jitsu and didn't have any any market for professional fighters so i, did, I never thought i would be a professional fighter and and then after that 91 was this fight jiu-jitsu won the three the three matches and then 93 i i think was uh year that they created UFC and then after that they create pride in Japan then the market grow and then in 96 I was uh, invited to to fight uh, Valetudo in Rio and I fought in Rio once and then there was a show the reality martial arts Mars, uh, martial arts reality super fighting. That was the show I fought Tom Erickson, and there was a there was a kind of a challenge between Russia and, and Brazil, and, and some Brazilians, and there was a tournament, and and I knew that they're gonna fight. Uh, I knew Tom Erickson was a hard, you know, was a really good wrestler, and I knew he was uh, he will be a very you know big challenge at the time. When you saw him. When you were about to fight him, or when you saw him in the lobby, the hotel, and you saw like how big he actually was in per- in person, did that affect you at all? No, I, I think when I saw I saw him the first the when I arrived at the hotel the first day I saw him in the lobby, but I didn't you know I didn't care anymore I didn't care I was about to fight so I, I, I when I when I was going to fight doesn't matter who you're gonna fight or how big they are. 
but you're gonna fight anyway so you know you cannot be impressive for the size or weight or whatever so actually I thought he was smaller than people say <laughs> you was expecting someone bigger he got, he got let yeah. down <laughs> you know uh, I, I didn't care because I was already there to fight so I couldn't be you know but he was big he was big and when you fought him was he very strong oh yeah he was he was a beast man <laughs> he was a beast and and uh, it was uh, I would have already expected that you were going to make the final it was an eight man tournament I fought two times before the final, and he fought two times before the final. And the final is supposed to be at 30 minutes. And after 10 minutes fighting, it was already a hard fight. You know, 10 minutes fighting was a you know. Uh, the referee came to us and said that uh, the fight didn't have time anymore. <laughs> so I was inside the cage with the monster that I have to beat, I have to fight you, if somebody, you know, uh, quit or somebody beat each other. So, and at the time I didn't uh, pass in my, my mind to quit and I knew my opponent wouldn't do the same, so I... You could feel that from him that he was... Oh wasn't? yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh, funny because uh, the night before I met some wrestlers uh, students of friend of mine, they they said to me, "Hey man, this guy is yellow. If you punch his face, he will quit. You're not you're not you know. He's, he's not, not a fighter. No, he's not a fighter. He's not used to get punched." And I said, "Okay." And I was there around ten minutes fighting, punching his face the most I could, <laughs> and really hard punches. You know, it's, it was loudly and. I was thinking my my head, my mind, like, who was the guy that told me the guy? <laughs> who was the guy that, that told me the guy gonna quit? He's not quitting. Getting, you know, it was a hard fight. You were landing them flush on him. Uh, like, you were landing them good. Oh yeah, good ones, good, very good ones. And he was. He was there, man. He was there. <laughs> he was. Because I've seen the fight. Yeah, but man. It was a forty-minute fight. It was, uh, you know, we fought hard to the end, and. All I can tell that was uh, among the three more important fights in my life. The guy was a beast. At the time, he 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 he, he lost the qualifying to the Olympic Games, and the guy that beat him in the qualifying for just for a small advantage got a, a gold or silver in the Olympic Games. Right, it was right. a Baumgarten. So he, the guy was yeah. a top level of wrestling, and he was super prepared and. You know, and I was prepared as well, you know, I was lighter, but uh, I was ready for the challenge. It wasn't something that I, I you know, I, uh, that I, I didn't know what was going to happen in the ring. It wasn't kind of, I mean, it wasn't the opponent going to surprise me because he was better than I thought he was. No, I, not, I knew it would be a hard battle, you know, it was a very hard fight. And I was prepared for that, and I want that. You know, I want to be tested. I feel that I should be tested. My jiu-jitsu was ready to be tested with the best in the world. So I stepped in because of that. Uh, he was fighting under those rules. If he got on top, being a big, strong, heavyweight wrestler, in the, under those rules, he was allowed a head butt, an elbow. 
And uh, how did you deal with that? Because you were also allowed a headbutt, but how did you deal with the headbutts from the top? Yeah, uh, it's hard because, uh, it's, 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 uh, for example, compared with the rules, uh, the MMA rules, universal rules, that ruling the, the market, the, the UFC and the, you know, the, the shows around, uh, have elbows, have punches, but with the headbutt, have something else. So we have to be prepared to defend, you know, everything. So it's more, it's, it's, it's more work from the bottom. So I'm, I'm, I'm jiu-jitsu fighter, so I'm, I'm work with my, uh, I think, uh, play from the bottom. Jiu-jitsu fighters, they can do better than anyone. 100%, yeah. So, and, but deal with, the, it's one more gun that, uh, you know, one more option that the guy from the top. So give me more work from the bottom. It's harder. Uh, and I got some headbutts from the big head of Tom Erickson. <laughs> His head was like a, like a big rock. Where did he get you? When he hit you, where did he hit you with he his hit head? My, my, my eye, you know, I got a cut, but nothing that put me out, you know, that bothered me that much, but I make me work harder to, to, to defend myself, you know, so. But uh, I think, uh, Fighter must deal and, and mold himself to the rules that's going on, you know. So I mean, uh, people, some fighters complain about rules, and, and but uh, what's better, fighting the ring, fighting the cage, whatever. You have to fight whatever you you're gonna, you know, have to deal with, uh, be able to fight anywhere. <coughs> so and mold yourself for the rules. So for me, it doesn't matter, you know, I just, I was ready for, for dealing with the headbutts. Uh, I got one or two during the fight, but it doesn't affect me that uh, so bad. Did you have any interaction with Tom Erickson after the fight? Yes, yes. He's a super nice guy, super polite, you know, athlete, you know, uh, low profile, you know. And, and, and my fight against him, against him, uh, for sure make me a better fighter after that, you know. So when I was fighting uh, the shows after, nothing could be worse than fighting the third fight. A guy with his level and his weight and his prepare, you know, a guy was super athlete, as a Olympic level athlete, you know, and nothing could be worse than that. So, you know, and make me stronger and, and, and tougher. For sure. And he was he was good, he was receptive to you and like you you guys were all good after yeah, the fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You went to the locker room after the fight, you talk each other, super nice guy, you know, super 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 polite. Have you ever run into him again? No, a long time I don't see him. I met him in, in Japan a couple of times in Pride. He fought Pride as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but uh, no, for a long time I don't see him. Because uh, I think someone, if you fought someone under those conditions like that, again, like that's something you, you'll be 90 years old and still remember that, you know what I mean? Like, so it's, it's just an interesting thing. Another fight I want to ask you when you won the UFC belt. Uh, what was that like? Yeah, yeah. Uh, because you left the UFC straight afterwards? No, it. Uh, I left UFC after the Matt Linden fight. It was uh, when I was. You defended the defended belt. Defended my belt. Dan, Dan, Dave Manny was uh, my second fight under Zufa organization. And it was a fight. 
the first fight, my first fight in UFC was in Japan. It was uh, the organization, the, the company was before Zufa. And it was a kind of franchise. UFC got a kind of a, a business with a Japanese company. They know how it works, but they invite me to fight. Actually, Art Davy, that was uh, involved with the UFC, he already about to to invite me to fight UFC, and I fought uh, Jeff Jerry Bolander in Brazil in '97. I beat him. He was a middleweight champion. I think he was the best middleweight in the tournament in the in the UFC, and I beat him. And then after that, I thought the UFC gonna invite me, and I met Art Davy a couple months after the fight, and he talked about something that uh, they were about to, to invite me, but didn't happen, and they only invite me in 2000 to fight, and I fought in Japan against a Japanese guy, I had a contract to three fights, for three fights, so first fight was against the Japanese, Yoji Anjou, and I beat him, and the second fight, my company put me to fight in the in the another show, was a punk race, and then the company, uh, broke, Some, something happened and then they lose a the contract with the UFC, I don't know, but um, I lost the contract and then they called me to fight in, in first show of Zufa in Las Vegas against uh, Chuck Liddell. And uh, after the fight was a controversial uh, result. It was a good fight, but Yeah, it was a good fight. I was, uh, yeah, a lot of people think I won the fight. But it was a hard fight, Chuck. It was a, you know, it was a killer. It was a, you know, it was a very and hard. Chuck was ends. like at the. Yeah, yeah I, I fought the light, light heavyweight, but with, uh, I was waiting kind of for two hundred pounds on the day of the fight. I, actually, I was a more middleweight. You you are a natural middleweight. Though. Yeah, I'm natural yeah. middleweight. So, but in, you know, the day of the fight, he was about uh, two hundred. Uh, 20, something like that. It was, yeah. a, you know, a very hard fight. So it was a hard fight for me. But I did well. And then I went to the locker room with uh, Joe Silva, say sorry for the result because I wore in their hands. I think, they, you know, it was... Uh, and then after the fight, they, they offered me two options. First option was fight Chuck Liddell again. Or... At light heavyweight. Light heavyweight. Because people don't understand Chuck's a big yeah. guy. Yeah, big guy. Or second option, fight for the title in the middleweight. And then I thought, man, I'm gonna fight Chuck again. This guy's a beast, he's a super, you know, tough guy. And if I beat him, I have to fight Tito for the belt. Another monster. Yeah, another monster, and then I'm gonna have to, I, I don't go straight for the belt. So I have two hard jobs. If I go to middleweight- And they're a lot bigger than you. Yeah, they're both bigger than me, but anyway, uh, that wasn't the problem for me. The problem for me was that I had two hard jobs to get a belt. Instead, go to the middleweight and fight straight for the belt. So yeah. it was a better deal. And then I picked a better deal. And my plan was my plan was taking longer, return for the light heavyweight and fight the guys, you know, and fight the guys that Chuck Liddell and Chito and all the guys. I want to go as hard as I could. You know, uh, that's my goal. I, I always pick the, 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 the harder opponents in my, that I couldn't meet during my time. And then, uh, after Chuck Liddell, I heard uh, my finger, I had to make a surgery and it took longer to me to restart to, to, 
to go back to training. And then I, I training, my training camp was, I could train well for six weeks. But because I came from the hard fight and I make a big good camp and, you know, I, I made myself ready for the fight. And With Dave Manning. Dave Manning, yeah, for yep. the title match. And I was, I was okay, you know, was no, no hurt, no, no injury. It was a kind of a good camp. And it was a kind of fight that everything uh, works very well, you know. Inside, I, I got inside the cage against a, such a hard fight, the champion at the time, and I fought, and I didn't get any injury. So it was, you know, sometimes you fight guys uh, not so good, and you hurt something, you got a cut, uh, you know. But this fight was a tough guy, and nothing happens. So I, I step in and step out, you know, completely. Uh, uh, clean, so it was a, was good. It was very good, you know, and it was a good fight, good match. Then after that, the Linland fight that was very cool as well. Do you want to explain the Linland fight because that was Martin controversy as well? Yeah. Uh, so and did he tap? Did he tap with that armbar? Well, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I, I want to ask him. <laughs> have to ask. I don't know. I didn't stop because he tapped. I stopped because McCarthy sent me to stop. Oh, McCarthy told you to stop? Yeah, he told me to stop. So, what was the problem then? Because he taught Lyndon tap, and then Lyndon said he didn't tap, and then McCarthy tried to put his arm on the arm bar, and then Matt Lyndon just stand up, and then the situation was over, and then it was a big mess. Sorry, uh, I, 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 I didn't know this. I thought that Lyndon tapped and then you let him go. No, I didn't let him go because he tapped, because I didn't feel it. I, I, okay, I, so in fairness to Matt Lindland, yeah. I apologize, Matt Lindland. So, no, I didn't, didn't do anything, but in fairness to Matt Lindland, he, you didn't feel him tap. No, I didn't care if he tapped or not. I'm just going to re release when the, I, I feel that the, uh, the, the referee going to, you know, see that uh, the situation is going on. And I, and I, you know, he gonna tell me to stop. I wouldn't hurt. I wouldn't. My intention never hurt my opponent, but uh, win the fight. Clear, like you know. I mean, uh, if this referee, uh, I mean, sometimes the referee doesn't doesn't see that the opponent tap, but the opponent the the the, the, the opponent is a fair guy. I mean, the, you know. Uh, and he tap and say he taps. So I think in my mind that uh, Madeline tap, but I didn't see at the time. I oh, you in. thought he did? No, I, I didn't. I, after the fight, I think he tapped. Ah, okay. After the fight, watching the fight. But during the fight, I didn't feel. I just, during the fight, I just stopped because McCarthy sent me to stop, you know? Did you so, feel the arm bar was in? Oh, it was, man, it was completely you know it was completely done I was a kind of position that I have been doing my whole life and yeah you, you feel when you catch people you know yeah, so yeah. It wasn't it was completely done he, he wouldn't escape at all now you you put the armbar in it was on McCarthy told you to stop Mentlin said he didn't tap yep. which have to believe he didn't tap then we'll say that he didn't tap and then they put you back in the position? No, they sent me to my corner and I got so mad that they, they uh, maybe they opened the cage 
door, maybe I'm going to leave straight. because I, God, I remember so this. You've seen the fight. I, I was so mad that, uh, you know, I couldn't... Uh, and then restart the fight. I was trying to, you know, recover my mind and my, my focus. And mm. I ended around kind of uh, just, you know, doing my best, but I couldn't... I was I lost completely my focus and uh, I just want to say sorry to interrupt you I just want to yes. say something because people don't understand like say for example Matt Linland 2000 was an Olympic silver medalist in Greco-Roman wrestling high level fighter high level athlete he was UFC middleweight champion at one stage wasn't he did he win the belt in the UFC at one stage oh Linland no he didn't but he was always at yeah he was uh, undefeated yeah know. so so then what I'm trying to get at is to be in a position where you you finish someone like that or you think you finish someone like that and then they're told, no, no, you're going to have to keep fighting. Yeah. The, the, the amount of focus that you lose. So let me let me, let me me tell yeah. a little bit about the story of this, 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 this fight. So I was telling before that uh, what's going on that uh, during my camp, kind of uh, 20 days, no, like uh, 25 days before, the fight three weeks before the fight I got an infection in my finger that I couldn't grab you know like a staph infection yeah and I couldn't grab and I couldn't sparring I couldn't do anything just physical training took a lot of antibiotics and I, I, I kind of uh, stay 10 days with no training technical training at all just taking care of my finger and during this time, I was very much insecure about my, my performance during the fight. You know, I mean, how gonna be? I'm gonna fight a tough guy, a tough fighter. It was my last fight in contract. And I asked my manager to contact UFC to renew my contract. And they didn't. So they didn't want. So they- And you were the champion. I was a champion. I, it was my last fight of the contract, and I asked my manager to contact UFC to renew my contract before the fight, and they choose don't do it. So, I was very much insecure, and then after 10 days, like uh, before, two weeks before the fight I start, I restart to training, and then train with a lot of pain. So I went to the fight, and I was kind of, you know, I don't know what was, what's going to happen tonight because uh, I didn't train it the way I want. I got an infection in my finger. I'm going to fight a, such a tough guy. He's, in, you know, undefeated, uh, you know. So let's go to the fight. So the thing is, during the fight, I didn't feel, I didn't, I didn't feel anything in my finger at all. And I take him down in the first seconds of the fight. So I was on top. I took, I, you know, I took down, I was a kind of perfect fight because I took down, the guy was a silver medalist and silver <laughs> uh, medalist in Olympic Games and the uh, world champion. Yeah, yeah. So it was unexpected for me because I thought, but my game was fit very well against him. And then I caught the armbar. I said, man, supposed to be a hard fight. It's finishing right now. I can't believe it. It was, it was much easier than I thought. And then suddenly, the referee sent me to restart the fight. I said, man, come on. <clears throat> you know, I lose my mind. So uh, my, I think the, 
this fight was important for me because I, I, you know, I got over something that I could recover my mind from something really hard, you know. How did you recover? Yeah, it was a... How? How did you recover? Man, I, 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 step by step, you know, second round, I stepped to fight a little bit and he fought a little bit better in the second round, but I recovered in the middle, so it was an even round, but I, even that, I think I won the, 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 the round. And I broke his nose with the jab, I think it was in the second or in the third round, but I was mad. I was fighting, the first time in my life, a fight that was mad, you know? I was very mad, I, was to, I want to hurt him because I was mad. And the third round, I knocked him down with the straight right, and from the top I started to punch him, and then I passed to the side, and then when he tried to stand up, I let him, let him, I made kind of, I made a trap for him, and to stand up, I caught him in the guillotine, and he top, he tap. So it was something that uh, was a test. It was a big test for me, you know, because uh, like a Tom Erickson fighter in this fighter, I mean, Tom Erickson fight in this fight was two big tests in my career. You know, because they're both, such, they're both such tough guys. Matt yeah. Mendelin's such a tough guy. Tom Erickson's such a tough yeah, guy. Yeah, but uh, the, 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 this situation is not about the, because Matt Linda was a tough fighter. Because no, of course. He, is, he, he, is a, he was a tough fighter, but because of the situation. 100%. You know, yeah. I have to recover my mind from a situation that was hard because I, I was fighting a, a tough fighter and I submit him. So I have to restart from zero. So, you know, I didn't know how it was going to be. And thanks God, everything works well for my side. That's insane, eh? Must have felt good, but must have felt good that second time. <laughs> um, so, so they're the two, two. Another fight that I always remember, and it was a fight that that you didn't didn't win. But um, Amar Suliyev. Yeah, Amar Suliyev. Yeah. Do you do you want to tell us a little bit about that fight? Yes, this fight was uh, was very hard for me because uh, my camp wasn't. You know, I got a problem with my my elbow. And after the fight, I went to straight for surgery, and I could train in wrestling. I could, you know, I, I, my my elbow was hurting so much during the my camp because uh, was uh, inflammation. Yeah, you know, a lot of I make a surgery to clean, make kind of small parts of bones and joints, yeah. you know. So it was a. And it was hurting so much that I couldn't train proper. And I was thinking about to quit, you know. This, at this time, I, I, I couldn't handle the training anymore because it was so much pain, the worst in my life. And it changed my game a little bit. And then during the fight, I, I, it was hard. I, you know, Sulev has a very good footwork. And he let me approach for taking downs and because I didn't train wrestling well, you know, my, my, my game was a little bit different, so I have to fight standing. And I was doing well, you know. I, didn't, I think the fight was pretty much even. Sulev's is very, he was a tough fighter. Very underrated, I think. Yeah. He, he's never really, like, he's not like a, a I, I don't think he's, he, he's gained the recognition that, yeah. that, that he should for yeah. his level. Yeah. But you know what? After my fight with Chuck Liddell, he fought Chuck Liddell. It was a very, it was an even fight. Yeah. You know, he was a good. Uh, That's how striker. good Marcelio was. Yeah, yeah. He was a good, good, good striker. Very good striker. He fought well against me, and 
I got a punch in the, I think, the second round. I, I was a two-round fight, I think, so. Uh, ten minutes and five minutes, yeah. I think so. And I got surprised. I got a Superman punch, and I got surprised. I lost balance. was affecting me that much because I recovered fast, and I go through him and punching after that. But he made some points with that, and then I lost the fight. But it was a very much even fight, you know. It was even. Yeah, I, I thought that was uh, I, I I thought that was an, an amazing fight to be honest. One, of, it's like one of the fights that I liked the most. Not nothing to do with just as a fight. I liked yeah. it a lot. I thought it was a, just a great, just a great fight. Yeah. Um, and that was one of the fights. And where he was he, tough. He yeah, was tough, yeah. You know, he was a tough guy. Because I always followed the. I've always followed combat you know uh, and watching that fight because i knew who he was i knew who you were and i was very curious as to what was going to happen and then just the interaction between both the contrasting styles i thought was just a great fight i don't know that's that yeah. was my thing yeah. um so during that whole time you were you, you you had started brazilian top team and at the time brazilian top teams arguably the best team in the world at least top three top four through what, 2007, 2002 to 2007, is that correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 2007, we, we, we have some disagreements inside the, 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 the team with the, among the, the founders, that was me and my partners. And it, I think it's bothered the whole team, you know, and then some fighters left uh, the team and then after that 2008 I, I split with my partners and I stick with the brand with the team you know I was already a one that uh, take care of the affiliations the affiliate schools uh, the affiliates that we had before was my students personal students and then I stick with the brand and, I, and then taking care of the brand till now and spreading the the, the the my my own uh, knowledge uh, and, and curriculum and you know my system to the affiliates around the world at its peak brazilian top team what was that like in 2006 2004 that time when you had a rivalry with um shootbox was that the big yes. rivalry yeah it was uh, it wasn't the pride uh, during the pride time uh, was a you know that rivalry start for the kind of uh, how did that start because it's oh, always it funny because always funny like when um like I say this from the outside because I know nothing about it but I was listening sometimes to interviews but I, I want to hear from you anyways but you always hear how the rivalry what was the catalyst for the rivalry so to speak man it was a kind of uh, <laughs> situation that happens with kids something like that you know it's uh, it's a, a misunderstood that uh, uh, my f my ex partner, the Marius Perry, he went to train with. Uh, uh, at the time, I was in Japan, but my team was there. And then the Japanese they asked my team to train with uh, a Japanese guy. They would fight at the show, and the fight the guy would fight uh, one of the the teammates of uh, Shorty Box. It was Vanderlei Silva. So Vandalay was going to fight someone from Japan. Yeah, and the guy, the Who, Japanese. Which guy was? I don't remember. It okay. wasn't a, a strong opponent. It was a kind of Japanese. But Vandalay beat him easy. 
And the, the Japanese staff from Pride asked us to, to, to train the same, you know, uh, same room, same time, the Japanese, the Japanese could go to our training camp in Japan. It was a couple of days before the show. And they took the wrong way, you know, the shoot box guys, they took it in the wrong way. And they, they, so, um, Mario Sperry trained with the Japanese guy? No, I don't know. It wasn't. We didn't train the guy. The guy was there, you know. Oh, I, the, okay. okay yeah. At the same time, well, the guy was in our tra training camp, but, but we wouldn't care about him because it wasn't from our team, our team. You Did know? you just use the room? Yeah, it was there at the, the same time, the training camp. I was there training with his partner. I, I, I wasn't there, so I don't know the details, but I know it was something like that. But we didn't care about him. We were, you weren't care of him, you know. So and the guys from Shooty Box, they got mad because of that. Oh, it wasn't Emari went there to explain the situation for them. That wasn't nothing special. That they invite us to, to go there, my team to, to to be in the same. So, but they got mad anyway. And then the rivalry started there from this situation that they think wasn't you know. And after a long time, they realized they did they. they Shooting box people, they realized they made a mistake, and Vandalay asked excuse to Arona because uh, the day after that happens, the rivalry starts between Arona and Vandalay. They are arguing in the breakfast breakfast time. Uh, Arona gave a good morning to Vandalay, and Vandalay didn't answer, and then Arona got mad, and then, you know, a situation that was important. It, so Arona, Ricardo Arona, yeah. and Vandalay yeah. were arguing. In, yeah. in the at the breakfast at the buffet. Yeah, <laughs> imagine that. <laughs> yes. You have to go and separate that. Yeah, so that's what happened. Hotel security, please. Hotel yeah. security has to stop those. Yeah, deals. but they didn't, they didn't fight, but just arguing, and then from there they start, and then the, the, the rivalry start from there, and in the end was good. <laughs> was a lot good. of good fights coming. Yes, from. that's true. It was good for the show was good for the teams because they got a job, you know, more and more fighters get a job to fight each other. Every time we fight each other was a, was a, was, you know, a big audience. Everybody wants to see the fights. So bring more audience for our fights. So in the end it was good, but it wasn't something, uh, in my opinion, during the time of rivalry, I, I have a good relationship with everybody from Shoot to Box. So I respect them, they respect me, but, you know, I, I didn't have a problem with them. I, I, I realized the situation wasn't uh, so serious to, to be, you know. It wasn't something that really happened, something important that really happens. It was a kind of misunderstand. But it was good in the end, you know, for the show. Pride likes. Show. Pride yes. likes. People from Pride like it very much. Um, well, it's always good to have a story before the fights. It's, it's, it's the stories yes, themselves. Yeah, yes, 100%. Make it more, you know, kind of a, a seasoning, you know, yeah. for the fights. Because the fights with um, two really good fights was Vandalay and Arona. They yeah, yeah. They were two crazy fights. fights. Yeah, yeah. And I think Arona won the both, but they, they give the New Year's Eve, uh, I was in the card uh, as well, uh, they give to Vandalay. Where is Arona now? Arona is in Rio, live in Rio, in the Niterói, is a uh, next city, just a city, next city, just close to the, across the bay, I mean, Niterói is on one side of the Bahia de Guanabara, and Rio de Janeiro city is another side, so pretty close of Rio, but it's a different city, 
He's living, you know, uh, his house is a beautiful inside, in front of a beautiful beach, Itaquatiara. So he has his own school there, teaching jiu-jitsu. Oh, good on him. So he's yeah. doing good. Yeah, he's doing good. Surfing, teaching jiu-jitsu, having a good life. <laughs> That's it. That's all you can ask. Yeah. yeah. Um, who, so you at the time, you guys at the time of Brazilian top team, you had the Nogueira brothers? Yeah. You had... Um, Paulo Filho, Ricardo Arona, Carlos Barreto. That, that fight, sorry to interrupt. Paulo Filho and... Um, Murilo Ninja. Murilo Ninja. That yeah. fight, I saw... Um, Paulo Filho was crazy, like yeah. just so. That was that, that was crazy fight because Murillo Ninja is tough, good. Yeah. And then Paulo Filho just did like a yeah, like a great. seminar. Yeah, he did great. Paulo is such a tough fighter, you know. Good mind, like his mind is perfect to fight. He, he had been fighting his whole life. Uh, what was his story? What was Paulo Filho's story? Because that's a, Paulo, he's an interesting. Paulo is uh, from before, because since uh, okay. <laughs> The Paulo Filho story. Yeah, Paulo, Paulo started training Jiu-Jitsu in Carson when he was a kid. Uh, and, but before that, I think he started training Judo and competing a lot Judo, competing a lot Jiu-Jitsu. And he was a kind of kid that I already, I was, a, I was, a, I was already a black belt. I'm older than him. And he was a kind of a juvenile. And I saw the kid and said, man, this kid, go far you know this kid's gonna be a big name he's tough he's a good fight already you know and then realize it that he just became a big name in the martial arts world and he was such a good mind to f- compete you know he was our hours before the fights he was uh, super calm you know cool and good attitude during the ring you know fighting well believe himself so very confident so and a lot of skills you know because he started training when he was a kid so he has a lot of skills he, he went through some issues like th- later on or was that blown up by the media or yeah uh, he has some issues in his life but I don't know so you don't have contact with him anymore? Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes I meet him. He's still the, training? I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think I think he's teaching. Teaching around, seminars around, you know. He was living in Niterói as well, a little bit far. But now I, I haven't seen him that much. Because he, he could, like watching him impose his, his game on people was... He was unbelievable. He yeah, was very, yeah, very good. Yeah, yeah. He's a, he has a great skills, great skills. Um, Take downs, you know. Yeah. Skills from the bottom, good arm bars from the bottom, good boxing. So he, he has everything. He's such a big heart, man. He's good. Yeah, big heart. Brave guy. He, um, did he fight in the UFC? No, he, but he fought Charles Sonnen. Eh, so. Yeah, he fought Charles Sonnen. But I think this time he wasn't training proper, you know, so he was already, I don't know, he was uh, some issues in his life, and then I don't know why he wasn't stick with the training how she should be. So he got tired at the second round, most of his fights. He wasn't the same guy. He was fighting pride. When he fought Murillo, he put like, 
fifth gear straight away and just yeah for 15 minutes or however long that fight went yeah when he fought uh, Murilo Ninja he was in his, his that was the best I've seen yeah best of him yeah he just have you seen that fight no no do yourself a favor <laughs> and watch that fight that like he just literally went to fifth gear in the first 30 seconds and just kept Get his foot on the accelerator just just grappled him yeah and ninjas unbelievably good too it was just a good fight great fight um so then that was the like you went so you were you were a carlson gracie guy as well yeah both of us and then that, that actually all, all the team from brazilian top team from most of from carlson gracie what was that like what was your experience with carlson like growing up and doing jiu-jitsu with him and what was that experience or can you tell us about him yes Carson was amazing coach you know super funny person uh, he, he knows I, I I've been meeting coaches my whole life you know but I never met anyone that has more knowledge of martial arts than Carson Carson was a kind of guy that uh, he born to, to be a fighter and to be a coach and I learned very much from him, you know, so my whole life uh, was my master, and uh, it got a little, you know, kind of, I think it was, when I started training, I started training his gym because my brother was already there, I had my, older, my oldest brothers, and they took me to the, to the gym. But I think it was perfect. If I had another coach, maybe it wouldn't fit well, so well for me as a, as a person, you know. Carson was the kind of guy that was, uh, because of his fight life, that uh, he used to, to fight um, uh, Valitudo a lot at the time. So he stick, he stick with the uh, kind of game that uh, we call rice and beans, you know, like simple but efficient, very efficient, you know, so solid game, I mean, you know. Yeah, yeah, so the term is meat and potatoes as well, they yeah, say the same, rice yeah. and beans, meat and potatoes. Yeah, simple game but very efficient, you know, so and then it was perfect for me, you know, it, it works very well, I was competing since the blue belt to the black belt, I, I won everything, so when I arrived in the black belt, we had a super tough kid, you know fighting in Brazil and then what happens the, the, the first Valetudo match for me I was ready just competing in Jiu Jitsu you know but then I like to I have some skills uh, martial arts because I have been training martial arts in general of my life because I like it you know and then everything together under Carson you know he prepared myself very well for any kind of uh, challenge because, correct me if I'm wrong, cause of the, but Carlson had a, has, or had, had, like, the school has, like, the, that school of thought, it's a very holistic approach to, to grappling. It's not the tradition, it's not the jiu-jitsu necessarily that you see in competitions today. It was geared towards combat. Am I correct with that? No, Carlson's school, Carlson's school was about jiu-jitsu, only jiu-jitsu. Yeah, but what, what I'm saying but is... But that was... Carson created a kind of environment for yeah, tough guys. Yeah. So the academy for tough guys. You know, when I was a blue belt, there was a lot of tough guys on the mat. And they beat me 
every day. So I grew, I, I grew up, I grew up in the environment of tough guys. So to be tough was something natural, you know, because we used to deal with tough guys and, you know, uh, with a lot of skills as well. So I learned a lot from the people in, on the, in the school, in his school. You know, it's a kind of pyramid that uh, he, he teach the guys and everybody teach each other. The environment was so good, the friendship, a lot of friendship, you know, and people care each other. But the training was super hard. You know, we, we, we care each other, but it was super hard. People don't hurt each other, but uh, it was hard. So it was a kind of... And inside this environment, this the, the academy, people like to to train with no gi, you know, like uh, MMA, because Gasson kind of uh, give a motivation for people train, you know, so a lot of MMA, but didn't have MMA fights. The people train hard for fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean, you know? So wasn't, the, the people wasn't prepared for any kind of MMA fight or valetudo fight because they didn't have fights, this kind of fights that didn't exist in, in Brazil. So it's once a kind of, yeah, once each 10 years it happens, you know, on a fight like that. So, and during my time was in 91, I was a black belt and then I picked a fight. But after that, it didn't happen anymore. So then, start to, to happen outside Brazil. And then 96 started to happen in Brazil again. And then I, 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 I got involved. Okay. You, you're going to say something? No, I just know that is that gym in particular, you always hear it's renowned for their, their tough guys. Do you know what I mean? Guys who are pass card very well. Do you know what I mean? Very heavy, train really hard and that. You just you hear that quite a bit. So it must have been like, like you said, that environment of every day you go to train, you know you're in for a tough Yeah, Carson, Carson uh, uh, he has, uh, I think, one of the best competition teams of all times. You know, he trained his... The students to be champions. And sorry, not just not just top guys, but Ricardo de la Riva came from Carlson. Yeah, Ricardo de la Riva, well, Maris so Yeah, a lot of uh, the guys play from the bottom, from the top, from the top. You know, guys play guard as well, takedowns. They, they do everything. You know, Carlson was he, he he knew very much jiu-jitsu. I, I, in my opinion, he he was the guy that I met that knew more about martial arts and jiu-jitsu. So. He prepared, the, he, and he was a good coach. He prepared the fighters to, to fight anyone, anytime. And they prepare not only the skills, but their minds. So the competition team was amazing, his competition team. And I learned a lot. And the people that came through, like the the Brazilian top team that came from there. Yeah. Is, is Liborio Carlson guy? Yes, Liborio as well. Liborio so American Spain. top team, Brazilian top team, yeah. all those guys that came through, they yeah. were all Carlson Gracie Yeah, guys. Carlson was uh, in a lot of, you know, uh, actually, uh, I think the most successful schools in um, mixed martial arts came from the lineage of Carlson. That, that's what I... I mean the Brazilians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so uh, it's a Brazilian top team and uh, Nova Union that come from Jose Aldo. Rapid Daniels is a Carson Black Belt. Did you train with him coming up? Yeah, a long time ago. Long time ago. He was a little bit lighter than me. And 
and Casson is a kind of uh, you know uh, 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 a guy that uh, create a, a, a competitive competitive environment in, inside his academy. So we were competing each other, but it's a good way, you know. So and he made a lot of tough fighters, and and I learned a lot from him how to coach because getting you know older. Uh, I mean, long time ago. I mean, not not so old, <laughs> but uh, I mean. Taking time, I start to teach his school, you know, and take care of the competition team, me, Liborio, and some other students, and I start to 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 help him to deal with uh, the business and you know and the uh, and the academy. So, what's happening with Brazilian top team now? What are the things you're looking at from a business perspective, and what's what's going on with Brazilian top team? Yeah, now uh, uh, I'm, I'm Brazilian top team. Uh, uh, I have a, affiliates around the world, you know. So my goal now is, is help them to grow. How many affiliates have you got? Around 40. 40 you got 40 50, schools? 40 to 50 around the world. Brazil, Europe, uh, Italy, uh, Austria, Canada, United States, Australia. What else? I'm missing something. So I have a, a lot of schools around the world and my goal now is is, is learn uh, how to manage better the schools you know and and give them the the the, the best I can to make the, the schools better you know profitable so uh, I'm creating my own curriculum and I give them you know everything I I, 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 I learned from my fight life I, I I'm, I'm I put in, you know, uh, I try to help the best, the best I can, in general. You know, not only the 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 the, the technical part. I mean, the curriculum, but the management part. You know, so that's my goal: learn to 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 make my affiliation, my my my, my association better. How hard is it for you to, or how hard do you see for people? to make the jump from martial arts to business world? Yeah, it depends on the, the, the background of each one, you know. So, um, martial art business is already here for a long time. So, what I'm doing now is try to learn what people are doing that is working. You know, to 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 bring people, so to our academies. You know, try to make an environment to receive families. You know, kids, the parents. You know, professional professionals in general, not only fighters. I mean, I have a, I have professional teams around my 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 association, but my goal is uh, is uh, is bring ordinary people because martial arts is very good for kids you know jiu-jitsu are very good for kids for for help them to to deal with life you know to 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 give them more discipline you know to help them to get over difficulties in life difficulties in life and, and works as a therapy so Jiu-Jitsu changed my life. It helped me to change many lives that I get in contact with. 
So what I'm trying to do now is, is, is make it easier, the most I can, create a system that's gonna pass my experience and fight life to my associations, to my affiliates. On your experience in your fight life and whatnot, being that you were UFC champion, you've had an illustrious career fought till you were 45, what advice would you give, not just to, you know, obviously guys like Rob that are young champions. Well, let's start with this. What advice would you give to guys like Rob that are young UFC champions now? I think the best advice is choose careful who will be in his side, you know, and listen to them. So the, 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 the because as I told you before, beautiful kids, everybody wanna be a parent of a beautiful kid, you know. Ugly kids, when, it, when a fighter is starting the career, that they have a long way to be a champion. It's just a few people want to, will be there to care. But after the fighter became a champion, everybody wants to be on his side. So the smart champion, you know, when the guy already there, he have to understand what's going on. Who is who? You know, who is there because of him? Who is there because of the flash? So I think it's the most important right now for guys like Rob that's already there. So choose carefully who is gonna be on his side. And young guys coming up before they, like, that, 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 that wanna fight and whatnot, what's, what advice would you give to them? Work hard, trust in the coach, you know, that they have. Whatever the team they have, you know, they, they have to choose well the team. And work hard, man. Believe themselves and listen <clears> to <throat> the coach. It's a, you're, you're, you were also heavyweight jiu-jitsu champion, black belt jiu-jitsu world champion? Yes, I am. What was that like? Because at the time when you were coming up, that was sent, it was very centered in Rio at the time? Yeah. They didn't have a world champion, you know, at the time. So the world champion was a state champion in Rio. So when I fight the first, when the, there was a, they create the, 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 they made the first world champion. I was already 33 years old. So I had already 12 years of black belt fighting. So then I fight, in the, in the time they, they put the, the 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 first world champion wasn't a, a good time for the for for fighters. I mean, you know, it was uh, beginning of the year, so it were the guys were it, it wasn't usual to 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 fight this time. It was summertime, you know, during vacations. So and then they they move the the tournament for July, so it works better. And then I think every year is around June now, end of May, beginning of June. So I think it's a good good time for the tournaments. How hard is it for you to balance 50 academies worldwide? Yeah, it's hard. Because you go and do seminars with them. Yeah, that, I, I I, I, yeah, it's hard. Now what I'm doing is how to I, I, I'm picking the right people to help me. That's my job right now, you know. So to help me to to make my uh, my business grow, and to help be able help me to help 
my association and my affiliates. So I'm picking among my, my friends and my students who are gonna help me to make my business grow. So my job now is a kind of delegate and choose the right people and then work hard to create my, you know, I writing down my curriculum in my own way. I filming positions to give a kind of a guidance for my associates with my own way to do it, you know, like a kind of uh, putting down, writing down uh, 40 years of experience of martial arts, 30 years of experience of teaching martial arts. How hard is it for you to make that, how hard is it for you to choose the right people? Uh, I think I try to to trust my 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 feelings, you know, my guts, and try to choose the right people is the is is, is very important for business in general, you know. So I, I listened that from a friend of mine. That uh, was advice that I received from a friend of mine, that a very success, successful businessman, older than me that uh, as a kind of a billionaire, had a lot of successful in his career, and I talked to him, he gave me, the, he gave me this advice. So the, one of the hardest parts of the business is you have to delegate and then choose the right people to delegate. Because if, if you choose the wrong people, they're gonna bother more than, than help. So, 100%, yeah. You know, so. It's, uh, if you choose the right people, they're gonna help me a lot. When you started jiu-jitsu, you, you were, you came from a, like, cause I think misconception, I think a lot of the times when people look at like why people start training or whatever, you you weren't, you, you said you were a very shy kid, very, so your problems or problems or your challenges were like, what were they? You said you okay. So when when you started training, you said you were um, when you were a little boy and you started training. You said you were very shy, very quiet. Yeah. So how did jujitsu help you? In regards to it? oh, help me a lot. You know, uh, give me more confidence. You know, you got to help you to to get more discipline to be more confident, and the competitions help because you deal with uh, losses. So you must, you have to get over any kind of frustration you have in life. And during the spine is already uh, uh, something because you win and lose in the academy, you know? You tap and you beat people, but uh, if you care that much about tap, you won't go anywhere in life. So it, I think the biggest lesson, lesson from martial arts and jiu-jitsu in general is help you to, you know, trust yourself, get over the difficulties and do what I have to do, do your thing. It's general. very important, eh, I think, <coughs> for kids to learn to lose. That yes, yes, to lose is important, to deal with the losses, you know, so it's... Uh, and compete is important because uh, life is competition from the beginning to the end. You know, professional life, doesn't matter which market you're gonna work, will be a competition. 
So if you deal well with that naturally, dealing well with the competition, they're gonna affect the, the loss is gonna affect them less. So affecting less, you can go f further. That's my my think, my thought. Well, I think on that, and then I just think when um like just even even small things sometimes like uh, I was talking with a friend the other day actually we we're gonna have like a barbecue it's just a funny thing you know and they haven't done a lot of that type any like competition stuff or in any realm and we were discussing neither one of us knew how to do whatever it was that we were gonna do I don't want to put them out there but we had to do something and they were stressing out. And I was, it was like, you know, the, the batata, the sweet potato? Uh -huh. And I was thinking, the worst thing we're going to do here is burn this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, that's the worst thing that can happen, you know? And I said, just, just put, it, put it in. Like, what's, what's going to happen? You know, nothing. And they're like, what if it doesn't work? And I was thinking, <laughs> fuck, who cares? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, um, and you know, maybe like I have my own problems, like I'm not saying, but it's a funny thing. Like sometimes with people, they get real caught up in um, being right or being wrong. And what happens if- Doesn't work. Yeah, what happens if it doesn't work? And like, I don't know, if I, if I wait to make sure that I'm gonna win whatever I'm gonna do, I won't do anything. Yes. You know, and yes. um, for me, martial arts is, because I don't win a lot, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's helped me to deal with that situation where you yeah. go, well... Hey, you know what? I, I, I forgot to, I forget when we were talking with the, the, the kids in the class. I forgot to tell something important about the fear. The biggest thing is to deal with your own fear. The martial arts help you because everybody has fear, you know? Fear for everything in life, for challenges in life, and Every fighter has fear, you know? Fear that something goes wrong, that, you know, so... If you deal with that well, it's the most tasteful thing in life. You get over, your, you know, your problems and difficulties and the fear, you get over the fear and win, you know? Because when you apply a job, something like that, you, you, you need the job. So you're gonna you go to the kind of interview to get a job, you're gonna be stressed and you know, a lot of fears that, uh, afraid that something goes wrong. So then you're gonna be, probably won't be yourself. And then gonna get worse, the interview. Just an example, you know? But if you relax and deal with your fears and, and the feelings, bad feelings that come from the the you know the anxious you go you're gonna do better everything in life but it comes from the you know how you're gonna deal with the difficulties and the martial arts helps that a lot jiu-jitsu helped me that a lot you know fighting in front of the talking about the professional side of martial arts when you fight you fight in front of a thousand people you know, we used to fight in the front of in Japan, 40,000. I fought for 70,000 once. And sometimes it goes right, sometimes it goes wrong. And when it goes wrong, it's gonna be repeating <laughs> your bad, the bad part of your, your fight. 
you're gonna pass in the best part of you know the highlights of your open it's gonna pass you being beaten you know so I have to deal with that because uh, if you have to kind of uh, 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 something that I did when I was fighting as a professional I put it in the hands of God and doesn't matter I just go and went there to do my what I have to do you know it doesn't matter what's going on if I'm going to you and then it may help me to, to it helped me a lot to don't think about fears and what's going to make me you know what what can bother me during the fight or whatever and I think ultimately at the end of the day the only person that really cares is you yeah like if you let the loss bother you that much yes. if it's you, if only you, you yeah if you if you if you're afraid to lose you're gonna f you won't fight well because even the 70,000 people once a fight's finished they go have dinner yeah, they, they might talk, care. but they don't give a they fuck. They don't care. They don't give a fuck. Only the only people. person is you. Yeah, and your team and your, and your family. Mom. Yeah, you know. That's so, it. Yeah. And so how you deal with that loss or that win, because then I think the other part is the loss and all that is very important, but then I think, you know, how you start to deal with the wins, because when you win a lot, it reveals your character as well, you know, how, how you act with with winning, not just in a fight, but, you know, maybe you start to get promoted in work and you get more money and how you, how you deal with that is also important as well. Yes, I think that's, that's I realized in my career that the balance comes from, you don't get too much affected from the losses and they're not too affected from the wins, you know, because you have, you cannot, you, you, you must, your feet must be on the floor, on the ground. You know, you know what I mean? So you're not better than anyone because you're winning. You're a better fighter, but so, you know? Good for you, not, yeah. Not, nothing but that. So you, <laughs> yeah. you have blood in your veins and you know, you, you, you like everybody have two arms, two legs and you know? So it helps you to, 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 to stay focused, you know, because there's a job. You, you you know you you you're better fighter than someone, but someone is better in soccer than you, and better in doctor than you, or you know whatever, or smarter than you. So then people that uh, became cock like you know like uh, think that they too much because they good in something in life. Then everything goes wrong from there. The, the beginning of the end, I think so. You know, that's something I try to 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 pass to my fighters, to people around me, to my students. You know, so it's uh, make them deal with the losses and the, the success as well. I have my school uh, as a good example. I have my school uh, famous actors in Brazil, famous you know, famous people, and when they go there. The treatment is the same for anyone else. If they do something wrong, they're gonna pull the ear. And they know that. And they go there because of that, because it helped them to be, you know. It's probably the only place where they have Yeah, that. the only place they're gonna have it. And they know they're gonna do it because I don't care who they are. I, I mean, I care who they are, but I, I don't care what, you know, how much money they have or how much 
famous they are, I don't give a care. I, 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 I don't, I don't, you know, I don't care. I care how they behave, how they treat people around, you know? It's not about how you treat your champ, the champ, but how you treat people around. People that's serving you, you know, the, the, the waiters, the, the, you know, the, the, the ordinary people around you. If you go have, you know, if you give good morning for people in your life, or they give a good morning only for people that have something to, you have some interest on them. That's one of the things with uh, with Robin. With we work with like in Australia rugby rugby league football players, young football players. Work with them and that. Um, with Rob, other fighters, and with Rob, one of the things we say is like a few. He, now he he's thing, but even a few years ago, it's like everyone's going to be nice to you. You're 26 years old, champion of the world. You. Uh, who's who's going to be only s- stupid people going to be rude to him yeah everyone's going to be nice to you but it's to be to be f- nice to the champ or to somebody yeah. famous is easy you know everybody wants to be a friend of the people famous a champ and so exactly what you were saying before it's like how are they to the waiter how are they, yeah. how is that person to everybody else because if you treat people like shit of course you're still going to you're going to be nice to robert of course, they're going to be nice to you or to other people. That, but how are they treating? That that is, I think, is a big thing that you, what you said. Yeah, it's something that uh, uh, comes from the martial arts that I learned. That I can, because I'm a, I'm a master. I'm a black belt six degree. I have a, it's a lot of students, so I have the power to touch people some way in life. So I'm gonna, I, 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 I believe I have the responsibility to touch them in the good way, you know what I mean? Like a father educating a kid, you know? You must be responsible and do the right thing. So you're an example because, you know, among your students, they're gonna follow your way to go. So I, I, I and I, I kind of try to do this with my students, you know? and give the best example possible for them and pull the ear if they do something wrong. I'm gonna be there to tell them because I think the coach and the parents, they're not there to teach what the kids and the students want to hear. You know, and they're not there to show what they wanna see. You know, you are there to help them to become better. 100%. Human beings and, and kids, whatever. So probably the coach is going to tell and going to show something that's wrong. You know, if the champ do something wrong, you're going to be there to tell him. Maybe you're going to be the one to tell him. If don't listen, then it's the beginning of the end. You know, because sometimes the guys, when they go on top, they just want people clapping, you know? They don't want people, the people that tell him, you know, they're there to look up to them. They're gonna tell him what they, what they, what they believe. And sometimes it's not the, what they want to, to listen. Eloy, do you have any questions or anything you wanna add? Um, no, no, at the moment, I'd, I'd, with last couple of podcasts, you've talked about that, haven't you, with the relationships yeah. with people and how you treat people and stuff like that. I think it's, it's um, a skill maybe that 
I don't know, is an old school skill that not everyone these days, do you know what I mean, has as well and stuff like that. But I, you see it all the time, not just in high level, but just in, in normal life, do you know what I mean? Then people who come in and say good morning to everyone and stuff like that. Um, just genuinely, me myself, I, do you know what I mean? I'm attracted to them type of people. I know they're brought up with the right morals and stuff like that and they're, they're genuinely good people. But you can also see the ones who come in, good morning, good morning, you know, or go around shake hands, but they're not interested. And then there's others who are really interested. Do you know what I mean? How's the family? How's the how's the kids and stuff like that I always um I've had plenty of coaches in my in my time in different backgrounds and stuff like that and I, I remember I've always respected my coaches the most the ones who would ask just the simple questions do you know what I mean how how's everything going how's home life how's the family do you know what I mean just something simple like that and it, it changes everything yeah it changes your relationship straight away yeah that's true yeah um mate we've been talking for an hour and a half oh really yeah oh. Good it's, conversation. No, it was very Real good. fast. <laughs> very good. But um, we, Alex is here to pick you up. Okay, cool. But can, uh, you are doing seminars here in, in Australia for the next week? Yes, I have a seminar in the Alex School, Tuesday. That's tomorrow at the... Tomorrow, uh, yeah. yeah in, the, in the Gracie. Uh, when is they going to give a class? And Wednesday, uh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, Saturday, I have a seminar in Brisbane in Bros. Academy. Okay, so yeah, Brisbane. Um, twenty nine years being a black belt. Thirty now. Thirty years you've been yeah. a black belt, and you are going to be a coral belt next year, is it? Yeah. Yeah, or I the see. year after, or something like that. You're going to become a coral belt. Yeah. Um, March exactly. March next year. Okay, March next year you'll become yeah. a coral belt. Yep. Then that's basically you have to be a black belt for thirty one years. For thirty one years you have to be a yeah, black belt. Yeah. Um, so that's if you could get a chance to 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 get down there and learn from Marilla at any of the seminars that will be at Gracie Smith and Grange Tuesday night, Brisbane, or even if you get a chance to come down, I, I imagine you're going to be at the at our gym from time to time until you leave. So, you know, if anyone gets a chance to come down and meet you or do one of your classes, I think would be really really cool. Yeah, my pleasure. I here to. I, I think my 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 one of my biggest mission in life is, is, is sharing the knowledge that I that I learned from my fight life you know so I have been trying to spread uh, uh, what I learned you know and try to develop the jiu-jitsu you know around the world so the most I can and for me it's a pleasure to teach uh, well one more thing I want to say this is the thing that spins me out every time you you live in Brazil yeah, I live in Brazil. You live in Rio. Yes. I so do. you don't. Yeah, and, and like what I was when we were talking in the car, you don't speak English in Brazil. That's no, just for Portuguese. people. No, <laughs> I, I know, but I'm. I, I, I know this, but I'm saying for for people like they that you 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 don't speak English all the time. No, not at all. So that like it's your good English. It's very good. Mate, English. very very Thank good you English. Guys, like, you being very polite. No, no, no. Like very 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 good. So Thank you. Um, I just. Thought I'd throw that in there and just say massive thank you for you for coming out. I know you're very busy and jet lagged and whatnot. And you came out, did the podcast, spoke to the students. I think that that's a great experience for them. So thank you very much, Master. Thank you. Thank you, Fab, for having me here. You know, it was a great experience. Thank you. All good.